This week on Project Freelance, I am talking to the creator of Launch Music Conference. Launch is a music conference that brings together up-and-coming artists, industry professionals, and bands that have been in the game for years together under one roof so that they can literally just interact and pick each other's brains and the up-and-coming bands can ask these industry professionals questions directly without having to go through their PR or through their managers. You can walk up to your favorite artists. You you can walk up to the, the label heads at Fearless Records and you can say, hey, this is me and my band. Here's a demo. This is what we're all about. We would love to talk to you. And these people will take the time and they will talk to you. There's panels. There's live music performances. You can submit your band to play at launch. It's amazing. I went last year. I filmed launch. You can go check out the recap video on the Launch Music Conference YouTube channel. I'll link the video down below. It's like an eight-minute recap just to give you a little idea of what happened at launch, what it's like to go there. And uh, if you want to submit your band to play, you can actually do that. You can submit your band to play. And if you are selected, you not only get to play at this sh- at a show, but you also get badges for your entire band to go attend Launch Music Conference for free. It's amazing. It's a great opportunity. And I'm going to shut up and let Jeremy talk about it in one second after I tell you that today's podcast is sponsored by, well, it's sponsored by all of you. If you are a filmmaker or a photographer and you need some editing software, there are links down below for you. If you click on those links, you get discounts. I get commission. This is how this works. This is how sponsorship works. That's why I'm saying you're sponsoring this podcast because you are. There's also a bunch of other links down there for things like adulting, tracking your mileage, if you want to start investing in cryptocurrency, things like that down below. Everything's down below. If you want to check out my music that is going to be submitted to be played at Launch Music Conference, go to chasingsatellitesmusic.bandcamp.com. We have a Women of the 90s tribute cover album coming out on January 1st. Really excited about it. Without further ado, I'm going to let Jeremy talk. Thank you for being on this podcast. This is Project Freelance. Uh, my name is Jeremy Weiss. I have lived in Lancaster, PA my entire life. And uh, I, I started in the music, I guess, in music. I wouldn't call it the industry back then, but doing shows when I was a young teenager, like 15 years old. I answered some ads in the back of like some indie magazines for my favorite bands and they answered and I didn't tell them how old I was and they didn't know until uh, they got here. I was a kid. Um, I was following a bunch of underground artists. So I decided, you know, they were putting out their own records. So I would put out my own. I think most people back then were putting out their own records because there really was no business behind it you you weren't going to get offers from quote other labels there weren't a lot of there certainly were no uh high functioning indie record labels they became such you know by putting out all these early releases and stuff so really everything that i started doing was a function of the uh i guess the original notion the diy thing where if you wanted something to happen you just like did it yourself because there was no real organized effort uh towards you know, getting the type of music that I was interested in into my town. It was just person to person. So um, just kind of did the whole thing, went to, you know, finished high school, finished college at the University of Pittsburgh, and then came home and said, you know what, this is what I really want to do. So I'm going to try it for five years. And then five years later, I said, I'm going to try it another five years. And, you know, 30 years later, 
I'm <laughs> I'm done trying. I'm just doing, I guess. <laughs> so, talk a little bit about talk about the Lancaster scene as far as music. Talk about how it's unique and why it's unique. Lancaster has a really long history for the size of uh, population that we have. Uh, because of our geographic location, Lancaster's gotten like some of the biggest acts in the country to come through here on off nights. So, you know, on a Thursday night, you could see a band that really has no business playing in a market this size, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, because they were on their way from Washington, D.C. to New York and they were catching a gig or, or whatever. So, uh, I think the acumen of the average Lancastrian when it comes to music is pretty high. People have seen like all different varieties of music come through here. And really, I thought not much of it except to say, oh, hell yeah, I'm going to that. I think people kept going out to the shows because they didn't want to lose like the convenience and the and the real, uh, you know, kind of uniqueness of these bands coming through this area. So the Chameleon Club was here. It started when I was a kid. My first show was there at their original location and on this back alley. Still very friendly with that original owner today. Um, so you could try new things here, but you could also see like really big acts come through town. And I, therefore, I think we all grew up kind of realizing only when we left town just how freaking lucky we were. It's just a really vibrant music community. In the last uh, 10, 15 years, the arts have gone crazy in general. We have you know, dozens and dozens and dozens of privately owned art galleries. We have half a dozen privately owned coffee shops and breweries and distilleries and, and you know, beautiful widened brick patios for walking. It's like a mini Austin, you know. So a few years back, you know, 10, 10 12 years ago, uh, having been to South By in its earlier years as a tour manager for a really long time, I was like, man, this place would be great for a, a music conference. You know, South by is a wonderful, amazing event, but it was getting superhumanly big as wonderful, amazing things tend to when they're great, people love them. But, you know, the by no fault of their own, it's an, a fun, phenomenal, phenomenal institution. Now, it was getting less intimate. And I think most people who uh, have gone before and after would agree with that. Perhaps maybe even the purveyors of the conference themselves would. And therefore, I just felt like there might be a, a compelling case for another South by style conference. And it just so happens I lived in a city that really reminded me of the location of South by. So that's Lancaster. <laughs> so do you think you think South by because I've heard a lot of people say similar things to what you have it's almost as if it's turned more into a music festival than a music conference would you agree with that i think it's even more than that i think it is a television station and a, and a worldwide event and just it is the size of the grammys if you ask me you know and I, i'm not being hyperbolic uh, it is a magnificent thing that just got really big and if and i think if you're a an unknown artist, you know, um, for example, you'll see a bunch of stages where maybe the mainstream music listener doesn't know a lot of the groups, but those of us who are paying attention to new music as it's coming up, we can kind of say, well, yeah, but these groups are stamped as the next thing. So if you see the struts playing South by, you know, two years ago, and they haven't yet had a song on the radio, you're not like, as blown away as maybe someone who had no idea who they were. I, I thought they were brilliant and I was, it made sense to me, 
But if you're a group, you know, who's done a couple of national tours through small clubs and played to, you know, 60 or, or 30 people, you're probably not getting that game change shot at South by. And that's just the way it is. It's a phenomenal event, but it's just not, it doesn't really cater to the, the journeyman who <laughs> no one's heard of, but they're brilliant. And that is no fault of theirs. I can't stress that enough, you know? Yeah, definitely. So where did, where did launch come into play? Talk about that. Where did that idea come from? What, what made you want to, uh, you know, kind of create your own thing? Well, that's kind of what I was saying. I thought that there was demand. There was a place for something where it was like really, uh, really focused on the, the, you know, the unknown but deserving quantity in music now that institutions like South by have have gotten so successful and so popular that, you know, quote, the quote unquote, small bands, again, were like bands that people really saw coming, you know, and that were more intimately paying attention to the music trends. So I think that's really what compelled me that and the evolution of my city into like, not just an, an, an amazing, surprising destination for music, but really for art in general. I just knew it was the right place, you know? Yeah. And, and what was the process of creating a a music conference? Like what, cause like, I mean, you can't just wake up and, and, you know, may it happens, you know? So what, talk about the the good, the bad, the ugly. (laughs) Funny you should say that. So, okay. By way of like some professional credibility. Yes. I had been a tour manager at that point for a better part of 15 years. So I'd been to CMJ and I'd been to, uh, South by, and I'd been to uh, HMAC and a couple other things, but what I didn't, um, take into account was that, no, I'd never done a music conference. I had a partner at the time. We talked about it a lot and we both, you know, between the two of us at the time, 10, uh, 12 years ago, we had a combined 40 years putting on events, concerts. So we thought, how hard can it be? You know? And that's that, um, it's kind of good that we started it, you know, at the beginning with, a the, the kind of DIY stuff that really was just necessity is the mother of invention. I mean, we weren't courageous people. We were doing what needed to be done. The labels were not fawning all over, you know, punk bands and stuff. So we'd started our own things. So I think that spirit like came through again. We're like, well, of course we can do this. Like there's a need for it. We're just going to do it and figure it out. So we sat down one day and we said, hmm, logical advice, unique career help, you know, necessary career help. Uh, logical advice and unique, necessary career help launch. Uh, very few people know that's an acronym, but that's where it, it kind of came from. We, you know, we had a bunch of years uh, where we'd known a lot of people managing bands, putting on concerts, releasing records, the two of us, uh, separate labels and separate entities, but we joined forces and, and myself and Rick Gad. Uh, and we, uh, thought hey we know some people and we were very fortunate you know the first year a lot of uh great uh panelists came it was a great event we didn't have to put a ton of money into it to make it go and we had a few thousand people and we were thrilled uh the challenge is to keep getting bigger without getting too big you know to keep getting bigger while fiercely protecting intimacy for as long as we can so that's what you know he left uh 2013 quite amicably and, uh, you know, I had a couple of people involved since, you know, from Warp Tour and Kevin Lyman and and uh, the Entertainment Institute and in Jen and and, you know, but I'm um, it alone again and I'm 
I'm super thrilled to do so. I've done it alone uh, more than a few years. And we just keep trying to tweak it. Uh, we take really good notes on what people liked and what they didn't like, what worked and didn't work. And uh, we remove an ad as necessary. So it is kind of a, a fluid event, but the basic structure is important to us. You submit to perform and you are automatically given an attendance badge. This is through tremendous support from brand partners. This is through a lot of sweat to make sure that we can eliminate expenses, doing as much as humanly possible with our own hands to make sure that it doesn't get too costly. We're fully committed to, you know, we know it costs a lot to travel here. We know it to travel anywhere. We know it costs a lot to for lodging anywhere. So we, we at least protect that through the February deadline. Uh, artists who submit are granted free entry, everyone in their group. And we're trying stick to that for as long as humanly possible we will have made it 11 years and i see no reason to uh to season in offering that to artists what what is a what is a typical launch conference like for somebody that's never been to launch what goes on there like what what is launch all about well first the word i always go to first is results um I've been to many conferences. I've participated in them as panelists and whatever. And, and I can tell you that while I thoroughly enjoy as a music nerd, uh, people sitting down and generously recounting and sharing their experiences with success, uh, we are fiercely committed to those who are still doing it now at a, at a reasonable level. Uh, it doesn't matter uh, as far I'm not talking about, you know, getting paid or whatever. I'm just talking about you've tried something and, and your body of work reflects an idea you had that worked. That's one of the main criteria. People who come here to donate very generously their time and expertise are not here to tell old man stories about 1994. They're here to talk about now. Another set is that they are folks that, you know, we know pretty well. And if we don't, we vet them very carefully to make sure that they know launch is a competition for your attention. Now, I don't mean people have to come here and butt kiss and all that stuff. But, you know, I don't want somebody who wants to say my panel's at two. It ends at three. I'll stay at 145 and I'm out of here at 315. You know, we want people that have an open ear to something they've never heard before. Uh, at least an openness to sharing some of their methods and wisdom with those folks. If not, also being open to the fact that they may have their mind blown, that they hadn't heard everything in the whole world that was good yet just because they were succeeding. And I think that's what leads to the results, the vetting process. Cool people who don't you know, presume that they're never going to work with another band again. And we've seen quite a few, dozens and dozens of great relationships, whether they're show trades between artists, people who picked up new management clients and are still working together today, new signings to labels. I've signed a half a dozen bands at launch to CI Records, um, on and on and on to where you know, people showing up at festivals that we had talent buyers for those festivals at launch, bands got warp Tour from launch. These are things that make me uh, extremely happy. This is what I look for. This is what I expect every year. Now, everyone is not meant to get an opportunity. Everyone is not meant to be a star. But what I won't tolerate is people coming here 
who think they are basically, you know, the guest of honor instead of here on a mission to listen to people and to consider working with them. So I think that's what makes it really unique. The bands, we try to explain to them, you're here, bring your A game. You know, it is fully expected that you're going to be handing out demos, that you're going to be chatting people up, that you're going to be stopping them when they're on their way here or there and taking your shot. And that's something that I think uh, people have really grasped. It took a few years for them to realize launch is not a gig. While there is an opportunity to be considered for performance consideration, um, it is way more than performing. So if you're not performing, uh, it is really a value, in my opinion, to be here. Because how could you score a meeting with 40, 50, 60 people that you need a meeting with in one place in one weekend without an event such as this? That's my take on it. Wow. So did you, uh, uh, what did you study in college? What was your, what's your education background? Well, that kind of goes back to my punk rock roots again. I mean, I, I went to school for business for three years. I was doing quite well. And, uh, then I just, uh, decided that I, I had a real problem with, uh, Pennsylvania had issues at shows and stuff with like, uh, Nazi skinheads, right. Who have recently been in the news again. And, and I, I knew how I felt and I was very involved in anti-racist action and stuff, but, but I really didn't think I, I knew why, like, I didn't know how to articulate. I knew why on my heart, but I didn't, I didn't really know how to, I was finding out that these folks were fairly organized and that they knew what they were talking about. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to counter them with my own, uh, <laughs> I don't know, university sanctioned kind of wisdom here. So I, I went into the Black Studies program and I graduated uh, in 93 as a Black Studies major with a second credits for a second major towards world cultures. Um, it's funny when people say, I oh, don't use your degree. I, I dispute that. I, I was going to did a little bit of writing and stuff, nothing major. But what I really learned was uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm from Lancaster, Pennsylvania, man. And I found myself traveling, you know, four continents and and 50 states. And, and, and I, I wasn't freaked. I know that you don't get a cookie if you're from California for saying something like that, but rural Pennsylvania, you know, I, I was ready. I was hungry. I wanted to meet and see everything in action. I understood other cultures and I think it really, I really think I really did use my degree. And I also got to shut the Nazis down in their rhetoric. So I felt good about that. <laughs> You know, fuck them. <laughs> I have a, I have an appreciation for everything that you just said. Wow, cool. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was interesting to be the first Caucasian in that program. You know, in thirty five years, so it was something that I I really kind of uh, I, I don't want to sound patronistic or you know like the the typical you know self congratulatory liberal. So I'm going to be real careful here, but. I will say, you know, it's a unique experience to throw yourself into that. I mean, our, our black population in, in Lancaster is under 8%. So you didn't have a lot of proximity. You didn't find yourself in a room with 45 people and you were the only one that looked like you. I think that was a very valuable experience for me as well. You know, as somebody that comes out of high school, you know, how, how, did, you, how did you even decide to go to that school? Um, well, I went to Pitt and, and I learned about, you know, I was always 
one of my idols was, you know, Martin Luther King, in my opinion, as well as should be. And, you know, I was a big fan of like a lot of the 60s civil rights stuff. I had been reading a lot of literature privately. Um, but I really uh, found out that, you know, a lot of the instructors there had with King and Malcolm X and that they were deeply involved in civil, uh, you know, uh, uh, forms of, of uh, protest and, and, you know, peaceable, but, you know, civil on kind of, you know what I'm trying to say, civil disobedience. And and I was fascinated. So I actually, uh, you know, at 18 years old, you know, 19 years old, went and talked to some of the professors and just started taking classes cursorily in conjunction with my business degree. And, and then I just decided, you know what, this is more of this is me. I, I've been doing business since I'm, you know, 13 years old. I've been dubbing cassettes and selling them at break and you know, running a mail order out of my parents' house and running classifieds and maximum rock and roll and all these other little indie magazines. And uh, I don't think a sine cosine curve is going to really be necessary in my calculation of like, how many seven inch records do I have to sell to uh, break even. So I just kind of decided, yeah, you know, I'd gone through this business track all through high school, calculus and trig and all this crazy math. And, and I was just like, you know what, this is, um, this is what I'm really curious about. And I really think I can put it to use. And, and I feel like I did. I feel like I continue to, honestly. I'm very proud of that degree. Learned a hell of a lot. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, for the for the record label, did you do any interning? Were you ever an intern? How did you how did you uh, grow that that business from from the ground up? Oh, knowing not a damn thing, like nothing. You know, I called uh, the Discord house. This is an old, uh, uh, famous in my view, performer Ian Mackay. You know, he, he founded his own record label. He was in an old punk band called Minor Threat, and caught a phone number. Uh, from somebody and ask them for advice like where do you press your records and how much did they cost they were exceedingly nice to me i was a dumb kid and they were super cool gave me a lot of information um people would share a lot you know this was not um a parody of the mainstream like labels and i'm not condemning today at all like i i've evolved uh with it i i I wouldn't call it evolving, but I've adapted, you know, to the way things are now and I'm not condemning it at all, but it was, you have to understand nobody wanted to do this. Like only the artists themselves wanted to advance their music, make it possible for purchase. There wasn't like a model or a, a business, uh, you know, uh, proposal of how many units and this and that you just put out a record. You know, this guy was putting out Henry Rollins earliest releases and he was putting out his own bands. And I just uh, he and, you know, the example in like Jello Biafra from the Dead Kennedys had been doing a record label. Uh, Kevin Seconds from his old band Seven Seconds had been doing a record label. So I just did what they were doing. <laughs> I think the thing is, I, you know, I, I kind of kept adapting to what was expected, where my older friends were like condemning anything after 1993, you know, I was like fascinated and continue to be by new bands. And if things have changed and there's more expectations of advertising and budgets and this and that, I'm not offended by it. Um, I, I learned a long time ago what I'm willing to do, the, the degree to which I'm willing to suffer for my own art. Uh, it's not reasonable to expect that from everyone else. So, uh, but I do still maintain, you know, that, that, um, 
the, the fundamental lesson in all of that to me was remember you love this. And I say it all the time at launch when someone just looks so desperate. And so please give me the keys to the kingdom. I need to quit everything and buy a house and be famous. No, you don't. You know, um, the affirmation Ian Mackay said something at a spoken word and I've quoted him a million times and I hope he doesn't mind a million and one. Um, you know, the, the success is creating the record the way you want it to be. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing, creating it the way you wanted it to sound, bringing it to market the way you wanted it to look. And you've done it. You've succeeded. The rest of it is just extra. You know, now I understand uh, and I'm I differ from him a little bit and that I understand there are just greater ambitions today. It's just the way it is. You know, people do quantify uh, the value of their music to a certain degree based on how many streams or sales they get. And I don't say, oh, you're so, you know, it's so gross that all you care about is that. But I, I don't think it should be all you care about just because I can tolerate some of that. I, I still remind them, like, you love this. You know, I, I people like skiing. They never expect to get paid to do it. You know, there are a bunch of the, tens of thousands of hacks out there swinging golf clubs that cost them a thousand dollars and they'll never make the pga i i think people need to approach this with much more levity the way we actually had to or you know just expected nothing more um when we were kids and there were no modalities or or methods available to be quote become famous i, I think it would be useful <laughs> <laughs> And for launch, uh, or for the record label either, um, mentorships, have you done any mentoring? Have you like yourself? Yes, I mentor. Uh, well, you had asked me about, yeah, see, because internships, I, there were no internships for me, you know, there was nothing really, there were there's no organized effort, but yes, I've had, uh, at least 100 plus interns and, and have been a proctor to, you know, over a hundred students. Um, some of them will, uh, reveal that they're not even in school, that they just wanted to intern. And we're cool with all of that. Um, with the schools, you know, we're accredited with four different schools and, and they can actually earn collegiate credit and stuff. And I, I teach at, at, at a variety of the local schools, I guess, uh, guest teach, uh, a few times a year at each. I really enjoy that aspect a ton. Like, uh, I've always, been um, deeply interested in generations and you know typically that's younger folks i mean i'm not trying to go to the diner with them or like you know hang out with them inappropriately but i've always been i've really cherished the one of the greatest gifts of being involved in music to me is is staying up on things i just really like that i really love hearing the new what's next i really i'm not so much interested in some of the pop culture things like, you know, the keeping with the Kardashians or the bachelor stuff. I'm talking mostly about music, but I've really enjoyed like that proximity to what's happening in the new generation. I think that's awesome. So mentoring has also given back a lot to me. I've really enjoyed it. What do you have planned for this year? Oh, you know, it's all secrets and gossip and innuendo at this point, Kay. You know, there, there's a, 
there's a fairly large announcement about like a new uh, kind of partner venture that, that I think people can expect in you know by the new year uh, with with an artist that's taken a really really strong interest in this, a very successful artist. So we expect that to be kind of cool news. Um, we're still kind of nailing down launches. Uh, launch is a confusing thing to a lot of agents and managers because. Music festival usually means huge budget, you know, and big offers and stuff. And, and we're just not built like that. Our, our priority is the unknown artist. So when we try to seed the lineup with larger or better known acts, um, it, it's not a blank check. So establishing like these marquee showcases, we don't even call them headliners. We still keep them in the verbiage of a conference. Um, can be can prove a little difficult because you really don't know who you're going to get because they kind of have to buy into the entire value and concept of the event itself. But in the end, that's cool because the groups that play it are there with a greater understanding than this is just a gig. So listen to that. Even the marquee bands that are getting paid pretty big bucks are there because they buy into the whole thing, you know? And that's why I constantly remind artists, like playing or not, you, you should be there to take advantage of this entire offering. It's like crazy cool. And what do you hope for the future of launch? Um, you know, steady growth is something any, you know, business minded person would be a fool not to uh, welcome, but not at any cost. And that's what I keep kind of driving home, you know, all the time. So if it grows terrific, uh, makes things easier. Maybe we can provide even bigger and better services and cooler experiences and more fun. Um, but really just to maintain that intimacy and to be and remain uh, t- totally devoted to, uh, you know, the idea that submitted artists get complimentary badges. And finally, you know, to make sure that we're constantly focused on the right people and results. That's just really important to me. Um, there are fantasy camps in baseball where you can go and hit really slow pitch uh, baseballs off of famous ex pitchers from your favorite team and stuff. And I find a lot of these events, uh, honestly, run by great people and, and really well meaning, but it, it becomes a fantasy camp. And I really think, you know, launches straight talk. It's people who will tell you the truth about where you're succeeding and where in their estimation. You know, you, you need, there's room for improvement. Um, what's more, they'll tell you how. This is not a place where people just say, you know, work your social media, develop an image. This is, this is more, this is deeper. And that's what I really like. So I need launch to stay really focused on education, really focused on stewarding to the unknown artist and uh, to maintain its intimacy and provide real chances for results. And what is something you know now that you wish you knew when you started? <laughs> everything. <laughs> no, well, everything changed, you know? I think we kind of did well to, to explain that a little bit. It's it just, it, there wasn't any of this, you know? Kevin Lyman would tell you the same thing. It's just, we were all just kind of lucky that, you know, and to some extent, that, that some of this stuff just got popular and that the artists that were enjoying this success wanted their old homies involved. So, you know, that's, that's my tour manager. That's my merch guy. That's my booking agent. You know, all of us old heads just kind of went along for the ride. But we knew how to handle that artist, that 
style of music, that fan base. Um, so even as, you know, major dollars started being thrown behind it, they still needed the people who knew how to connect to that fan base that led the labels to put major dollars behind it. And that's where we came in. We were just right place, right time, you know? So, you know, I think now it's, 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 uh, it's been a slow kind of adaptation for me. It hasn't been that shocking. Yes. If I do a comparison contrast 2018 to, you know, or 2019 to, uh, you know, 1989, it's going to be, completely dissimilar but i haven't really noticed i haven't really noticed i've i've been involved so deeply and it's just kind of uh gone in this direction you know and i'm i've i've adapted uh just fine (laughs) so if if a band wants to submit to play launch or if people want to check out more about it where can they go and how how should bands submit to you yeah launchmusicconference.com uh there's a video recap uh, shot by one K and Aglio, I believe. Uh, okay. Did I say it right? <laughs> you were close. You were uh, close. Anagonio. Anagonio. I'm going to get I'm going to get it. Yes. It was shot. There is a recap video. It's uh, about eight minutes and it's shot by K Anagonio. Did I do it right there? How was that one? Was that good? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. I'll give it to well, you. Well, anyway, it's shot by K. Uh, and, there it um, is. That's and why we. That's why we go by. Back uh, <laughs> edited by uh, one of the guys in the office as well, and I think it kind of gives you a, a pretty good, you know, nice, easy way to understand the event. It's some visuals, and then you just click, you know, submit to perform. Now, performance submissions do close end of first week of February, so people do need to be aware of that. After that, we take a month and we review about a thousand submissions, um, which does mean thousands and thousands of extensions of uh complimentary badges so that's uh but that's another story but we uh board of eight review every single submission try to place them where we can we we place uh uh usually around 160 acts uh sometimes we'll have added venues and we'll we'll stage upwards of 200 um and then we'll notify them and we'll start to build out the schedule and press towards the announce so you go in there, you submit to perform, or you can just register to attend. You know, launches for aspiring musicians or for people who want to become involved in music business and, and make connections and, and learn some things in that right. So people can register to attend as well. And, you know, like most things, you get a discount if you do it early and you get screwed if you do it late. So it's better to, to act earlier rather than later. Um, but yeah, you just go to the website, check out the video and submit to perform or register to attend and you're in, um, Kate, you've been there. So, you know, it's also not nearly as boring as maybe I may have made it sound. I'm a total freaking, uh, learning nerd. I love it. You know, that's uh, but, uh, it's a pretty big fucking party too. It's, it's a good time. <laughs> just go watch the recap video. guys. Just go watch it. It's fine. You'll get it. And if people want to reach out to you directly to uh, pick your brain a little bit more, is there a place they could go to do that? Yeah. I mean, I try. Everybody's busy. I don't care if you got four letters to take to the post office and that's your whole day. Some people consider that really busy. And then, you know, I have a lot of things that I do, but I really try to answer emails uh, as best I possibly can. I would encourage people if I haven't gotten back to them, just 
bump it, you know, <laughs> so I can uh, throw it to the top of the stack again. But Jeremy, J-E-R-E-M-Y, at launchmusicconference.com. You know, we do a lot of other things. We, we released a film called Barn Burner that I was a producer of, and I, I arranged all of the locations and all of the subject matter for that. And I've released, uh, you know, over 120 records, and I put on over you know, 1700 shows. Uh, so I have a good time. <laughs> I do a lot of different things. <laughs> yeah. You, you were talking what about, uh, entrepreneurship. I don't think I found anything ever that was loosely related to music that I didn't want to hustle for. So <laughs> it's fun. <Yeah. laughs> and any final advice for anyone out there that's either trying to get into the music industry or maybe they want to start their own music conference. Oh, I think that you need to, um, first of all, go for it. Jeez, man. Like, what the hell? I mean, one thing is, you know, th it's great to have a plan B, but if you think you can constantly have subsequent, like, parallel lives where you can have this day gig and then you try to fun at this thing at night, your, your odds are very greatly diminished. I mean, for most of us, we operate best when our back's up against the wall, right? So if you don't go for it and and try to, Think about it in terms of if I don't do this well, I don't eat. I don't have a roof over my head. You know, that's that's something that I chose to do. I chose to just quit everything and go for it. Now, I don't want everybody to lose everything they got, but I'm just saying, like, to me, go for it, especially if you're in your, your low 20s. Like, what the hell, man? You know how many friends I have looking back over their lives saying, oh, I really wish I'd have gone for it. I mean, it's so generic, but it's so true. So what the hell do you have to lose? You know, you're, you're probably smart enough. And I, I mean, I'm no rocket scientist. You know, if your hustle is strong and you, and you got a couple of uh, gifts and you know it, freaking go for it. Stop being such a wuss. <laughs> that was the most punk rock ending ever. Perfect. The Jeremy Weiss way. Oh, I forgot to say, fuck the president. Okay, now it's fine. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, all right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, all right I love you. Talk to you soon. Love you too, to man. You, man. All right. That was Jeremy Weiss, the creator, the founder of Launch Music Conference. If you guys want to check it out, go to launchmusicconference.com. Get some tickets. Sign yourself up to play. You might get in. You might get free tickets. And you might get to play. And you might get to meet the label heads at fearless records and amongst many 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 other absolutely incredible people you guys it's crazy i think i think my band might submit to play i don't know jeremy can we play this is my submission to you okay just kidding i'll do it formally i'll be a professional about this be professional go to launch music conference get your questions answered I went and as a videographer last year and I wish I could have sat in on every single panel that I filmed because I don't even know what happened half the time because I was so focused on filming it. But I'm going to I'm going to be there again next year. I can't wait. I love going to Lancaster. It's like one of my favorite cities in the entire country. It's so unique. It's like this mix of Amish culture and like hipster modern. It's super cool. Check it out. Thank you, Jeremy, for being on this podcast. If you guys are into film and photography, there are some links down below for you. If you need discounts on things such as editing softwares, you know, Lightroom, Photoshop, Premiere, After Effects, things like that. And if you are looking for some discounts 
on your things, on your online purchases. Check out Honey. Join Honey. Links are all down below. Thank you guys. I'll talk to you next week on Project Freelance.